You know, when you're little, you're growing up, there's a lot of talk about what do you want to be when you grow up? And we've touched on this before in this podcast. Um, but I think it, it's important to bring it back up, uh, especially in terms of the conversation that I'm having today in this episode, episode two of the Modern Electrician Podcast. Welcome. My name is Doug. I'm your host. Um, you know, as we're growing up, we're taught to think about what we're going to do with our lives as we get older in preparation uh, for, for making smart decisions, doing the right thing. And um, it's interesting because I think we're taught to think about it in a singular manner. Like you're always, you know, the question itself is what do you want to be when you grow up? And, and that kind of insists or suggests that you pick a thing, right? There's one thing. What do you want to be? And what we're realizing more and more so as, as technology increases, improves, changes, as life changes, and now with this COVID-19 pandemic and everybody kind of being home, you're starting to see people get creative in those things that they once thought were lofty uh, dreams or goals that were not the more logical, reliable thing to go for now seem like they, they maybe have legs or there's an, this could be an opportunity to do it. And uh, the reason that I bring that up is not only is it an interesting question, but today's, uh, today's conversation is with Garrett. And Garrett runs a podcast as well. His is called Local Non-Union. I'm sure you know of it. If you don't, go check it out. And Garrett is also a uh, tattoo artist and a graphic designer and, and just an excellent artist by trade and a hell of a good conversationalist and a good dude. Go check him out if you don't follow him, Local Non-Union. Uh, he's also got an artwork page. But Garrett and I, I think uh, I wanted to talk to him because we have we share a lot of similarities in how we take what we do creatively and partner it with what we do professionally. Uh, Garrett started, uh, started in the trades, as you'll hear in this episode, but he got into tattoo art. He's always you know, wanted to be a graphic designer or a designer and artist. He's always seen himself that way, but did take the more practical approach to, to making money, only to see that during this COVID-19 uh, change, he's seen a dramatic increase in the amount of people that want his alternative services. And so it's just a, an interesting thing to think about because you never know what it is that you are learning on a daily basis that's going to translate to something in the future. You just never know. Like I did stand-up comedy for a really long time, and when I was doing that, I was thinking to myself, I want to be a stand-up comedian. But what it has translated into is just so much more than just one one thing. You know, when people will say, well, don't you still miss doing stand-up or want to do stand-up? And not really because I'm taking that same set of muscles and uh, the same skill set and applying them to new things and finding ways to be creative um, on the fly. And that's what my conversation today uh, with Garrett is really all about. I mean, obviously, Garrett's just fun to talk to and easy to talk to. So we just chat about all kinds of stuff, but we get into that. I uh, hope you guys enjoy this podcast. Hope you enjoy this episode. If you do, uh, please like it, subscribe, check out our YouTube channel, all of uh, our um, a lot of our sketch comedy is up there where we kind of uh, make fun of the trades, make fun of, uh, you know, the life of a tradesperson being in the trades, being in clients' houses, things like that. Uh, fun stuff. And also motivational, inspirational. You know, we, we try to also focus on uplifting things here at Modern Electrician and ways to uh, approach your life, the workday in a positive um, in a positive way. So I hope you're enjoying this. Um, share it with your friends if you are. 
Here we go, episode number two, season two. We're talking with Garrett from local non-union. Enjoy. Hold on, I can't hear you. Can't hear me. You gotta allow video. <clears throat> now I can hear you. Okay, I guess I I was trying to use my podcaster mic, but it won't let me. Oh no, really? Why? I don't know. I'm just using my iPad, so um, I see you're sideways. Maybe I could get sideways too. You should totally get sideways. Uh, like this that. is my first time on a Zoom call. It's cool, man. It's the future. Yeah, I mean, since everybody's in quarantine, it seems like everybody's been Zooming. Yeah, it's a big uh, Zoom is not hurting for money at the moment. Well, that's good. At least they're <laughs> at least they're good, right? So if I have my audio on, on my side turned up all the way, is it going to hurt your anything? I don't think so. It sounds great right now. I mean, we can find out. Cool. No, no, that's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Cheers, man. Cheers. I should have a drink in my hand as well. Um, I'll be I'll be fine. It'll be fine. So yeah. what's up? What are you up to? Are you you worked a little bit today? <clears throat> I worked in the sense that I was doing job walks and trying to hustle for work. Yeah. I uh, I spent the first two weeks or so of the the government shutdown pandemic thing I, I was working hard and I had work scheduled for the next month and then all this stuff happened and everybody canceled yeah so I finished my jobs that were um I was in the middle of and I got paid for those luckily yeah but uh it has been hard chasing work lately yeah <clears throat> yeah it's a weird world out there right now and I think it's weird for everybody just to even understand like how to go about it what do you do? You just opened, uh, didn't you just start your electrical business recently? Yeah, man. I just started a company in January. I'm sorry. Sorry to hear that. <laughs> Actually, it, it worked out great. Um, it's working out okay. It's um, because we're really small, because we don't have any overhead, we don't have any employees, we don't have a building. We were just able to, like you, kind of collect payment from the work that we had been doing at the time, various projects and kind of, you know, close the shutters for a little bit. And, um, I think we'll be okay. We'll be able to write it out. Um, yeah, that's good. I mean, and I'm, in, I'm in the same boat. I mean, as much as I want to be working, I'm not, <clears throat> not necessarily hurting for work. Yeah. And, um, I am fortunate that last year, I kind of had to reframe my business at the end of last year. I lost a couple of my key guys. They had to just kind of move on with life and other situations. They got better jobs, stuff I couldn't compete with. And uh, I had made the decision at the end of last year to actually downsize and kind of restructure, reframe, um, start with the foundation. And I had made already the decision not to get any employees to replace those guys. And I was, I was trying to focus more on me and and how to benefit my family as far as time versus dollar yeah, man. and that put me in a pretty good spot as far as not having to feel like i'm accountable for four different dudes families all eating and being able to survive this because that would have been a lot of pressure on me that i really don't want right now no doubt and there are a lot of a lot of people out there right now feeling that pressure um, you know, I know that the, the stimulus package that was, <clears throat> that was released is ideally intended to keep employees. Um, but I know money's taken a while to get to people and, uh, 
it's stressful no matter how you slice it, man. Yeah. So what's your been, uh, what's your take on it? Is it, um, are you, are you trying to work through this and get as much work as possible? Or are you more trying to stay home and, and lean on that education for your own safety? Um, a little bit of both. We, so when it first happened, we stopped, I feel like the first week that it was really hitting, we were trying to decide what to do. And every day we would meet in the morning and we would say like, what, you know, what do we do? <clears throat> How do we, what should we do? What's the right thing to do? What's the right thing for us to do? Um, so we, we were able to be proactive and then shut down for a little bit. And since we did that, it's given us um, some time to work on things that we normally wouldn't have time to do. Um, kind of like our pricing structure and uh, some of our website SEO stuff. Um, I've been able to communicate through like blogs more and just things like that, that we normally wouldn't have time to do because we're out crawling around in attics and whatnot. Um, and now that it's starting to, you know, like New York is plateauing and we may be seeing, I don't know. I don't know how this thing's going to go, but what we're starting to do at this point is we're starting to do the things to put us toward the starting line for when this thing does start or, or, or to try to understand how it makes sense for us to restart. Um, and that has a lot to do with just communicating with our clients and saying, Hey, where are you guys? What are your, what are your needs? How do you prioritize them? What does this mean to you? How can we do this if we do this in a way that's safe for everybody? How do we proceed? Yeah, I'm trying to just flow with the tides of change right now, man. Like all my remodels, stuff like that, just stop. I'm a general contractor. So at the moment I've been, I've been just taking whatever I can get. Like if I, if I see, I hate fucking building fences, but if I can stay busy building fences, which right now there seems to be a lot of that work around me, people are like, well, shit, I'm at home. Now it's time to get that that shit done. And you want to, you know, but they don't necessarily want you inside. Right. So I'm like, all I can get is fences, I'll do fences, man. I just, you know, I've got to flow with it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we've been looking at projects like that too, like um, inspection, uh, electrical inspection lists for people that are buying or selling homes. In a lot of cases, people aren't home. Uh, you're working in an empty house, uh, things like that. But it's been, it's been few and far between. Um, and we haven't been... Up until I think this week, we haven't been actively looking at that. We've been kind of sitting back and uh, waiting to see what the hell this whole thing looks like and what, what this means for everybody. I think a lot of people have just been waiting and, and that hasn't been my strategy at all. From the very beginning, I've been like, all right, well, what can I find to, what, what are my possible potential side hustles during this time where I can't oh, make sure. my typical money? Oh, for sure. I've definitely been doing that. And I, and like you said earlier, working on your website and kind of restructuring your own brand and stuff. Yeah. That's it. That's what I've actually been doing. I I've found that since I am home a lot more right now, I I've made so much progress on my graphic design, little side hustle, which has been really neat. It's totally happened organically. I, I only started drawing with an iPad since I had this local non-union page, um, before that it was always, you know, Bristol board and watercolor or, or colored pencil kind of in leaning towards the tattoo flash, um, style more or less. And, 
and this whole graphic design thing has been super organic. Just people on Instagram hitting me up and saying, Hey, you know, what do you think about designing me a sticker or a logo or whatever? And I've turned just that being my little side thing I do at night when I watch TV with my kids into now it's, you know, during this pandemic, I've created a little business out of it and I've been busy drawing graphics. I'll bet you have. As you should be. And the I think that the beauty of this scenario is that it does require that you dig down into parts of yourself that maybe you were afraid to lead with before, right? Like, yeah. and, and now's the, I mean, what else do you, you got nothing to lose? You're already uh, home. That's yeah. the thing, man, is like, it, it, it's kind of what I've been, you know, I, I think everybody has a little bit of creativity in them and, and some people have different skills and so you know they'll take their skills from work and bring them home so it's like you'll see carpenters doing tables or little furniture or or wooden crafts and then you'll see the welding guys all of a sudden they're they're fabricating stuff at home and i think that's really cool if you can find a creative outlet during all of all of this madness and maybe awaken something that's in you that you just didn't have the time for before oh yeah and and yeah the time Totally. And also like the balls, because like whenever, when you have everything to lose and you have other potential opportunities that seem to make more like logical sense, like being a general contractor or being an electrician, um, those are stable professions and it's easy to bank on or, or it's always harder to lead with the lofty idea because it's risky. Or what if it doesn't work? You know this. So anyway, I think I think this time also provides people with a little bit more of a gusto to say like, what the fuck? Why no? The thing I was doing that was steady is not steady now. So what the hell does that mean? It, it is just so weird seeing you know who's sitting home, and it's like they're saying that you know for the most part construction is essential, but then on on the same hand all the building departments are shut down. So there's no one to inspect our work. So effectively job sites are all closed. So what's left is service calls and unpermitted work under the, you know, kind of flying under the radar. And I'm like, I'm fine with either of those situations, to be honest. I'm, I'm down for, you know, quick little deck jobs, fence jobs, all unpermitted. Like, fuck yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, like you say, you know, just being certain that how you make money is going to keep working and then for it to just all of a sudden you can't do that anymore. Right. Yeah, it really does. Like, I think that we're, we're definitely encouraged to believe that the best move for yourself is to find one thing and do one thing well. And there's nothing wrong with that because that's actually how you get really, really good at something. You know what I mean? Like that's how you really are like a true master. But I, cause my whole life growing up, it was like, people were always like, Doug, just pick a thing, just pick something, pick one fucking thing. And I can't, yeah, can't do it. No. Yeah. I want to, you know, that's the, that's the, that's why I had to go the general contractor route is because I was interested in all the trades. Yeah. There wasn't one trade that fascinated me more than just construction as a whole. Like 
I, I would see a new tool and it was like having a new trick. Yeah, right. I'm like, oh shit. I could do that if I have that tool. Right, right. You know? The only yeah. thing keeping me from doing that is that tool. Is that tool. Yeah, right. So and now so I just moved a couple weeks ago. I moved last month actually. Okay. Um holy fuck, I have way too many tools. <laughs> holy fuck dude i was looking i was like man i haven't seen this tool this particular tool in like three years it's been buried in my garage yeah <laughs> like, why why do i have these specialty drywall tools for pumping drywall into your mud pan when every time i do drywall i use five minute mud in a little pan like, I don't need those big old drywall pumps. <laughs> Is that one point in time you did, right? Or you thought you may? I think I just thought it was flashy and cool. It was like, damn, you see that dude fucking squirting mud into his bucket? I want to do that. And all of a sudden, I got this yep. garage full of tools that I maybe, you know, I use one corner of. Yeah. It's, but. you know, it's what's interesting about, like, what's happening right now, though, is that it's happening in a time where we have immediate access to information and the, our ability to communicate with each other. So that's, what's providing all these opportunities too. It's not, it, it's like this, this perfect storm that's happening at the same time. Like zoom is just taken off and this was the perfect scenario for it too. It's like, man, I get to hang out with everybody I would normally hang out with. They're not physically here and that's kind of better. I'm in my house and I'm getting drunk and they're at their house and they're getting drunk and they'll puke in their toilet and I'll puke in my <laughs> Dude, I've been seeing some really fun stuff. Like, um, my kids are going to classes on Zoom. They're they're still going to their classes, but through Zoom. Cool. And and not only that, but like I see like these like these potheads doing like around the world Zoom burnouts, where it's like, all right, everybody has to have a bong. You can't get invited to the Zoom unless you have a bong. And then everybody's on the Zoom. Like, there's 20 Zoom people, and they're all taking rips at the same time. It's like a chick from Australia and some dude from Brazil and some Canadians. That's it's pretty good. I want to do that. Dude, we could totally do some trade stuff like that where we get a, but I mean, I think it would be hilarious to get all the podcasters together and, and represent all the trades. It would, it would be a hit. People would love it. So will you actually use this video at all or you only use the audio? So I was only using audio. Um, but because of the technology and how easy Zoom has been to kind of uh, manipulate in the way that it records, I'm going to use this video too. So I'm going to start putting the videos on YouTube and then the audio will just be in the standard place where you always listen to the audio. That's this, really cool. Yeah, this tool is great. Well, I, I, don't, I don't personally like to watch video podcasts. Um, I pr well, it's not that I don't like to watch them. I prefer to listen because I, mean, I like to listen when I'm doing stuff, I'm driving. Um, but people really like watching video podcasts, so. Okay. Yeah, I'm more into the audio, too. I do it. I, I only listen to podcasts when I'm at work. Right. Like, if I'm alone and I got something to tweak out on, I want yeah. my headphones on, and I can listen to something and get in my work zone. Totally. Yeah, um, I'm going to have a couple episodes here in a row that I think I'm going to launch at the same time. Um, I'm playing with ideas like, like, okay, so there's a podcast that I like that he releases things in seasons. And then you can devour the whole season. I like that, but I also don't like that you can't hear it consistently. You know what I mean? It comes out in seasons. I'm sure that yeah. him. 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. There's so many ways to do it. Like, I don't think that there's there's a right or wrong way. I think that, you know, if you're just having fun, then, you know, really that's all that matters, especially when none of us are really being paid yet. Like, just have fun and do what you do. Yeah, share information and, and inspiration. And uh, I think, yeah, I love, I love the podcast format because it just opens up groups of people to be introduced to other groups of people, um, you know, through conversation, which is pretty cool. So one thing that I thought, you know, I really didn't start following your page until your podcast became a thing. I okay. think that's all of a sudden when you started uh, maybe reaching out to a lot more people and then, and then you became on my radar. Okay. Um, but I felt like I had a kinship with you from the very beginning, just listening to your first podcast and hearing how you've balanced your um, comedian uh, career along with your construction career and how they've both kind of grown. Um, and, and I felt like there was a lot of similarities with me. Um, yeah, I, I also, I actually have been doing construction since I was 16. So I've been doing it since I was like a, uh, you know, junior in high school, something like that. All right. Um, but then when I got into my early twenties, then I started tattooing and that's really what I thought I was going to do. So for the first few years, first many, many years, I thought construction was just something that I had to get over. I thought it was an obstacle. It was how I was paying my bills, but I did not want to end up in this world. Right. And, um, <clears throat> you know, and then I kind of started getting busier and busier within the tattoo world enough so to where I actually opened a tattoo shop for a while. And uh, while I was running that and had a full-time construction job, I uh, I was encouraged by my brother. He's a general contractor. He's like, you know what? Just just get your general contractor's license to have it in your back pocket. He's like, even if you don't use it, just have it in your back pocket. Yeah. And, uh, well, I got my contractor's license right around the time when I got fired from my construction job. And so all of a sudden I was hurting because all of a sudden I was living off pretty much just my tattoo income. Okay. And uh, then I was like, shit, well, I guess it's time to start using this general contractor's license. Yeah. And literally it was like the very first job that I got paid all my bills for the entire month. And I was like, holy <laughs> fuck, why have I been putting this off so long? Right, right. Like the, the transition from being an employee and I was making great money. I mean, I was getting prevailing wage. Um, it was always upwards between like 40 and 70 bucks an hour. Excellent. Um, but even still I was an employee and yeah. I had, you know, three kids at the time and, or maybe it was two at the time, but anyway, just having a growing family and I was on the sole income of just me. Um, all of a sudden being able to bid a job that was going to take me two days and I charged 3000 bucks. Yeah. I was like, light bulb went off. Yeah. Holy fuck. Yeah. This is, yeah. this is what I can do. And you know, I think that that's one thing that guys don't really consider is the fact that you can just stay small and work for yourself mm -hmm. and make really good money. Yeah. Much better than um, as an employee, and I think that that needs to be in, in more guys' heads that that could be the end goal is just to work for yourself, for yourself. A lot of guys say, I don't want to run the business. Right. But, you you know, 
I think you should always strive to um, get to, you know, your max potential of what you feel like you can do. But if you're running a company for somebody else, yeah, you know, you could be doing that for yourself and, and, and do a much smaller scale of work. Like, I think that's what intimidates a lot of guys is like, Oh, my boss is running this company. That's, you know, he's doing 2 million a year. It's like, I didn't need 2 million a year, but like to make it in the, uh, you know, seven digits would be nice or to make it, you know, just to six digits. Sorry. You know, just, just to be making over a hundred grand a year would be super great. Right. And, uh, you know, it, it really, it can happen so seamlessly if, and, and it can be so smooth. Um, I think what fucks a lot of dudes up is, is they want to match what their boss is doing. And, and I don't, I just like to advocate that that's not really necessary. Sure. Yeah. It's important to recognize like what you, what you want to do too. Um, cause you'll do that better than you would do shit that you don't like doing. And if you have an opportunity to, to niche out and find, find something that you're really into and there's a market for it, target that market and, uh, live the life you want to live. I think that's the thing that I like most about um, owning my own business, being an entrepreneur is, uh, I don't know when this whole COVID thing happened, I, I was working for myself and there was no, I don't know. I didn't have to like check in with a boss or like, uh, I didn't have to like be what worry if I was going to be laid off or what I should. It's like, I have a, I have a partner. So my business is a partnership, my electric company. And you know, I, I talked to a lot of people as we were setting it up about that and you get mixed results. Everybody's got their method and how they like to do things too. And a lot of people said, well, you know, partnership is, is hard because you've got another person and you know, that can, that can cause issues or whatever. And that's true for sure. And, uh, but for, for me, the thing that I like most about having a partnership that works really well with this thing is that it, um, I don't have to do everything. Like you were saying, some guys are like, well, I don't, I don't, I don't want to have to run the business side. It's like, I don't know. You can all, there are all, there's more than one way to skin a cat and it's whatever, however you want to approach it, um, is really up to you. And there's something incredibly creative about being an entrepreneur because what you're doing is you are, you're creating something and whether you're a contractor or a tattoo artist, similar in in concept and and, you know, you're making something, you're making, you've got a baby, you made a baby. And yeah, you got to get it to walk. Nothing and making something. That's you're right. Selling a product. That's right. Yeah, you're selling yourself or your skills. And the more you start to think about that too, I think when we grow up, we're taught to think like, well, um, you got to make money, so you got to you need a job, and so you go out and you get a job. But ever since my, I have a daughter who's uh, twenty, almost twenty, and when she was younger too, I would tell her she's like, you get a job, you know, need a job, and there's nothing wrong with having a job. Don't get me wrong, but the way I want. I'd, I'd like to talk to younger people about it is what are your skills? What are you good at or what do you like so that you can get good at that? And then you sell those to people. That's, people need those things. They need people who are good with their hands. They need somebody who's a dope artist who can make a really cool logo or put a tattoo on their body that they're going to be like, that's the coolest tattoo. If you can develop those skills, you don't have to have a job. People will pay you for your skill set. And I like thinking about it. That that gets me excited because that can mean anything. You know, you can make money doing all kinds of stuff. Yeah, man. I, that, you know, that <clears throat> rings true for me so much too. I mean, I really get excited when, when I have friends 
on Instagram or even in real life who come to me and they have a business idea and, and let me hear it. It's like, man, if, if you got the guts and you're passionate about it, it's like, just go for it, dude. Yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. There's nothing more exciting. It's, um, it's scary at first, but then it's funny. You realize pretty quickly that it's like, okay. Um, I, you know, it's funny, like, cause I did stand up for such a long time and that's, that's a business, you know, I was running my own business in that respect. And so when I jumped into doing the electric company, it was like, Oh, this feels good. It's like back to, I remember, I know how this feels. I'm comfortable. You know, you, you set your schedule. And, and for me, that doesn't mean, you know, some folks are like, oh, I set my own schedule. I'll wake up whenever I want to. It's like, no, I set my schedule and I'm up at like four 30 in the morning. And I'm, <laughs> I've only got this two hour period to structure this thing to make the most of this so that I can do this, you know, it's however you want to run it, but, it can be I got so much respect for you for for doing the stand up thing man cuz one of my big fears is <laughs> public speaking I do not like being in front of people I don't like being on camera even the zoom things like I'm starting to get used to it um you seem like I don't an like being on camera like I actually panicked on my way to my office right now cuz I couldn't <laughs> find my sunglasses I was like fuck I wish I had my sunglasses yeah um, but to get up there on stage and to talk in front of a bunch of people and, and like hope that they laugh, man, that, that would freak me the fuck out. Yeah. It's terrifying at first, for sure. When you first start doing it. I remember when I was younger, I started doing stand up when I was in, still in the Marine Corps. I hadn't gotten out yet. I was maybe like 20 or something, maybe the first time I got on stage and, um, 19 or 20 anyway. And then I did it you know, into my early to mid thirties and then decided to, you know, make, make a move and do some other creative stuff such as start businesses and whatnot. But, um, are you, it, are you totally done with it? You think you'll ever just hop in there every once in a while? Here's, here are the, are the things about it. It's a hard life. Like stand up's a hard life. Um, it means you're away from home quite a bit. And I, that just was always a bummer. Um, if there's some scenario where it makes sense, I totally would be into it. I love writing. Um, but at the same time, I still like one of my side hustles is I, I do creative consulting with other creative folks and I write with a comedian in Toronto. And so I still get to scratch that itch modern electrician. If I'm doing sketch comedy, I'm scratching that. It's just like that. I want to be able to fulfill that in me in ways that are like healthy to my, my life and my family. Comedy's not that healthy of a lifestyle. It's like you're up all night. You're in clubs, you're hanging out with maniacs. Uh, it's a blast, but it's, um, it's no family life, man. On the road. Like the hard family life, for sure. No, it's not a good family life. And I, I also wanted to challenge, like, ever since I was a kid, I wanted to be a stand-up comedian. And so I, I did that when I was young. And I did well. Like, I really, you know, I started being really, really afraid of it. But then, like anything, like, with your, your tattooing and your drawing, after a while, you're like, it's not about whether or not you're, you're going to hope people laugh or like you get to a point where you're like, no, I know what's funny. I know why I think something's funny and I know how to communicate that to other people. I know how to tell a joke. I know how to, I know how to read a room. I know how to bring energy in and push it back. I know how to handle a tricky situation, like going to be good. And that's where you really start to get into rhythms. But I wanted to, um, I wanted to be able to apply that to various things. And I, I think I got to a point when I was about 27 years old where I was like, man, I, I don't know how to do anything outside of being a comedian. 
I don't know how to do anything, man. I don't know how to grow food. I don't know how to hammer a nail. Like, I don't know how to do anything. And so it really bothered me. And uh, got into, I got into gardening and farm, started learning how to farm, managed a couple farms along the way. Um, started, I started to like fall in love with the mastery that came with working with your hands and, and seeing tangible results of the thing that I fell in love with it the same way I fell in love with stand-up comedy. And it just led me to where I'm at now. And so finally being able to merge humor and the trades has been a lot of fun. I've really appreciated like finding that outlet. Well, and you know, it really, uh, I think those, those skills really translate well into your podcast too, because everything you've put out has been really, really well edited and super cool, man. I mean, I enjoy listening to what you've put out. It's, it's a, it's a fun listen. I appreciate it. Thanks, man. Yeah. 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 It does translate. It's, um, it translates to all kinds of stuff. It's funny. It's like, you know, when you're young, you don't, um, I think that the idea of what do you want to be when you grow up, you always think bigger things like, um, doctor or lawyer or, or astronaut or whatever kids think when they think of that football star. But that's the wrong question to ask because it's not about like, what do you want to be? It's like, what are your skills or what are you, what are you interested? What do you like? You know, that's what, that's what you got to ask a kid is like, what makes you feel real excited when you do it? Like, well, you know, what's funny is uh, as a kid, when I, I had to answer that question in school, my answer was graphic designer. No shit. And the reason I never pursued it was because for one, me and school didn't get along. And when I graduated high school to be a graphic designer, took quite a bit of school, like to actually be taken seriously. You couldn't just draw and Photoshop. You had to, you had to go to school. Right. And, um, so that was a big deterrent for me. I didn't, I, I just, me and school didn't get along. And, uh, at the time you had to do all of your art with a cursor on Photoshop. You had to actually use a mouse. Wow. There was no stylus or iPad at the time. So, that like immediately just didn't sound like the art that I wanted to do. I was like, I would love to draw in a digital format, but I, the technology wasn't there yet. But now that, you know, I have this iPad that I'm talking to you on right now, this is what I draw on. And I have my little Apple stylus and it's really cool. Cause I just started drawing for fun, but all of a sudden it's like people are actually taking my art seriously um, to the point like they used to when I would tattoo. Yeah. Well, first of all, your art is dope. And so they should take it seriously because it's really fucking cool. And you, you know, it's really cool because when you see how people respond to it in our community, like in the trade community online, it's funny when you come to the trades with a, a different skill set, like being able to be draw, be a tattoo artist or make logos and then you come into a world where everybody else, you know, is thinking trades, thinking tools, and you come in with that skill set, you blow people's minds because it's like, oh, shit, I need that. I need a logo. Dude, I totally want that fucking logo. And, you, and your audience is all right there, you know? It, it so didn't – it was not preconceived at all, but I'm really enjoying it. The way – you know, it's like I, out of everything, the Instagram, the podcast, the art, yeah. the thing I enjoy most is the art but the podcast and the Instagram are what are now feeding into the art. So it's just, it kind of is mind blowing how it happened because it it so was not what I set out to do 
when I started the local non-union page. Yeah. What were, what were your initial um, hopes when you started that page? What were you doing it for? Um, well, at the time I had a three-man crew and we were commuting really far. And we always commuted in my vehicle. So it'd be like three or four of us in my car driving an hour to an hour and a half away. And if we didn't have anything to talk about, we'd listen to podcasts. Yeah. So I always thought we need to start a podcast of just our conversations while we're in the work truck. Like, let's just get a little mic that sits up in the, in the cab and we'll call it like contractors commute or something. Yeah, I love it. It was a good idea, but recording in the car was always really hard and I never had a good enough vehicle that it would work. Um, that's always super loud is a big problem because it's either too hot and the ac's blowing or a window windows down yeah or uh, it it was always something like that there's too much background noise yeah yeah um but then i got this office that i'm in right now um i had a really big job one year that it was just like one of those jobs that you bid it three times more than you think is needed just because you're like, I don't really want it. And to be on the safe side, I'm just going to make it, uh, pay a shit ton of money. And so it was like, I was able to get this office and pay for a whole year up front. Awesome. And, uh, then I was like, the podcast is happening. This is the spot. Yeah. And so it was really this office that, that brought it all together, you know, cause I didn't want to do the podcast from my house and I wanted to be able to invite guests in here. Oh, cool. And um, it is really hard to get actually people into this this room, man. People get nervous about the podcasting. Like I can get them to do a phone call way sooner than I can get them to come in here and sit down with me. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. I wonder why that. I mean, I, I understand the convenience of the phone and being from home, but pe- people like are nervous about like a one-on-one interaction, huh? I don't know. I think they think it's going to be all Joe Rogan-ish and there's going to be a microphone in their face and I don't know. It's not like that at all. This is a very like humble office. It's just a little room and there's a mic on the ceiling, but um, it, it intimidates people. Like people I know don't want to come in here. <laughs> all right. They don't want to be caught. They don't want to like say anything silly or they think. Yeah. It's almost like I need to get Instagram fans to come in because they're like more anxious to come in than, than just like the contractors I know. They're all old school. They're like, oh, I don't want to go in there and say something stupid. Yeah. So. Yeah. Are you doing doing most interviews um, in your like person to person or most you doing a lot via phone uh, technology more so? Lately, it has been more phone, but the whole podcast started with being in this room and doing it face to face and just inviting the network of contractors and employees that I know and inviting them in here for a beer. And that's what I like the most. I think what people like out of my show is just an organic, you know, organic conversation where you sitting down and you're drinking and there's not really a theme to it. Um, I really don't like getting into like telling people how to do stuff. I don't like giving tips or reviews. Yeah. I've kind of dabbled in all that. And it's like, I, I look back at some of those things uncomfortably. I'm like, Oh, I shouldn't have given that review or I shouldn't have said that. And it's tricky. So man. It's best for me if I'm just in here drunk talking shit about some poor fool. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I think you're right. Like you do have to figure out what it is that you, um, what it is that you're doing. I think the whole, up until now with the podcast that I've been doing, it's really figuring out the podcast. It's like, what the hell am I trying to do here? Um, what lines do you walk? Where do you, where do you pull back and not talk about this sort of thing? Or like, cause you, you could, 
everybody's got opinions on everything, but nobody needs to hear your opinion on everything. And especially if you're offering something specific, like for me, I, I try to offer humor, insight, motivation, inspiration. I don't need to stem too far outside those things. I think those, that's plenty. And I think you deliver on those really good. I think um, I get that. I get those, those three things crystal clear. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. the idea. I think I, I want to pick people's brains and get into like geek out about uh, what you geek out about. And what I want people to get from mine is I just want people to like point at their radio when they're listening to me and be like, yeah, yeah, some bitch did that to me too. <laughs> that's right. That's, that's all right. I want. And that's that exactly, I, that, I think your podcast is perfect for that. You're a really good conversationalist. Like when I listen to your podcast, it just flows. It's like, it's like you're in the room with you guys. And that's the best, like the morning show that I listen to in Baltimore, that's how they are too. It just, those are, they feel like your friends. And you feel like you're sitting in a room with your friends. Yeah. For sure, man. So um, what's up with that uh, rat sticker? Is it still at your house? The rat sticker? Yeah. Did, did, oh, did, 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 I, dude, it is. I still have that box here. It's probably sitting in my office. I completely <laughs> blank on that. I need to get that out to I you. I needed to ask you about it. I don't know. I, I have. I never listed it for sale, so it's not a big deal. I'm just like, fuck, I don't think I ever got those. I'll get, I'll get that out to you. Thank you for the reminder. I'll bet that's sitting like next to my desk somewhere. I'll and so I'll explain to everybody what had happened is um, for a while I was – I've been doing this graphic design thing for people. And then when they say, Hey, where can I get stickers? I'd say, you can get them through me. And so I had one of my local sticker guys um, who I had a good relationship with. And I was like basically using him as a subcontractor. And I was like, Hey man, I got all these people I'm doing designs for. They want me to want to buy stickers from me. Like what can I de deal? Can we work out that I can offer them? And I had to put a nix to the whole thing basically because of what happened with me and you. It was so yeah. embarrassing, but, uh, you know, I was trying to order stickers to myself yeah. to put on my own sticker store and you ended up with them. So they let, they left California and went to where are you? Maryland. Maryland. They went all the way to fucking Maryland only for you to have to ship them back to me. California. <laughs> right. Right. And, and then to top it all off, it happens twice. Yes. And so I was just like, holy fuck, you guys can't figure this out. I, I can't do this anymore. That's too bad, man. Uh, yeah, but that happens, you know. How long had you worked with them before that happened? So I'm still working with them. I'm just okay. not – I'm only letting them give me my own orders anymore. And anybody else who want, like, for you mm -hmm. and for anybody else, I'm just saying go to my buddies. And uh, their name is Fuego Stickers on Instagram. Okay. Um, but I've been working for them for, like, a year and a half. But I think they're just like, they're a really small team and yeah, I think that. the left hand's not talking to the right hand. So one person's talking on Instagram and another person's putting out orders. Right, right. And even though I sent the right addresses, the two hands weren't talking. Yeah. Yeah. It shit happens. That's all right. I'll get those to you. I'll steal a couple as well. Well, and yeah. And, and let me know how much I'll, I'll Venmo you some money or whatever we have to do for that. Last time it was like 12 bucks or something. Yeah, man, so embarrassing. I couldn't <laughs> believe it. It happened again. I was like, no fucking way. You didn't. I actually told him I wasn't going to work with him again. Yeah. And uh, I still am. I'm a softie. <laughs> <laughs> the mistakes happen. It's all right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. So what does, uh, what does the rest of the week look like for you? Are you working this week? 
man, this week got totally Next. canceled. So I, uh, I spent a lot of last week, last week I actually was working, but, um, I was chasing this one lead, man, super hard and putting all kind of putting all my eggs into one basket, trying to get this one lady to sign a two week project that would have started today. Okay. And, uh, fuck, she made me work so hard, dude. You know, like I served my estimates in a certain way. She didn't like it. So I had to reformat my whole estimate, which I would never normally do for anybody, but I'm like, I need this job because there's not many others calling. Okay. And, uh, so I reformatted my bid and then, okay, now I need you to add this, 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 and this. I'm already like, how about you sign this bid and those will come later. No, no, no. It has to all be one. Okay, so back to the drawing board. Fucking remake an estimate. Okay, you're in the lead right now. I think you're going to win this job. I'm going to hire you. When can you start? Okay, I need three references. I'm like, well, you already found me from a referral. Why do you need references? Oh, no, I need at least two more references if I'm going to hire you. Okay, well, I got to contact my customers and see if that's okay with them before I just let you call right. my customers. Right. You know, I'm not just going to start giving you my customers' numbers. Right. And, uh, so I caught, you know, that took a couple more days. Yeah. She ends up calling my customers. My customers call me back. They're like, Oh my God, there's no way you're not going to get this job. Cause we sang your praises so high that nobody could, could not hire you after this. Yeah. And, uh, she fucking didn't hire me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, dude, I, and, uh. I totally thought I had it too. Cause like, you know, she was saying I was in the lead the whole time, Man, but it didn't happen. What do you think it came down to? Price for sure. Always right. Yeah. She was a little old Asian lady and she told me from the get go that price was the biggest thing. And I told her my price and she, I told her like my hourly that I base my work off of. And she was scared of that. Okay. And then I said, don't let it freak you out because I'm probably faster than most of the guys you're talking to. Yeah. Which, right. so, you know, when it came down to it, I'm sure I had a competitive bid. I don't think it was the cheapest. Okay. But, you know, I think it came down to me and probably another guy, and we probably both had great reviews, but he was cheaper. Okay. So, what okay. are you going to do? What was the scope of the job? Was it like a residential project she was working um, on? So, it was, it was a lady who was selling her house. And, um, she had a title 24 report, which out here in California is like a termite inspection where they just, they come in and do overall efficiency. They, they look for rot. They look for like, you know, missing weather guards on your doors and windows. And they just do a whole, a whole bundle package so that the next person buying the house knows what the deal is. And uh, most people are advised to pretty much take care of the whole list before they sell the house. Um, And so it was that full list plus a whole bunch of other shit that was just like aesthetic. Like she needed the whole house painted and she needed, um, but she didn't want to pay for the whole house painted. So it was like, oh, can you just do this wall and this wall? (laughs) So, it, you know, in, in reality, she had at least three red flags that I was like, I can't work with this lady. Yeah, right. And I kept trying to get the job because it was pretty much the only job of that scale yeah. that was hitting me up at the moment. Yeah, it's funny how sometimes you have to, like, override your better 
judgment when you see red flags because it's like you may need the job, maybe a good job for your company. And been there too, where you're just like, God, man, I don't know if I want to, I don't know if I want to take this one, but I probably should take this one. You know. Well, and you know. I got to tell you, you got to be careful with that too, man, because especially now you're a contractor as well. And anybody looking to become a contractor, the reason these guys charge what they charge is not only because of what the materials cost and what the, the overhead is and all that. It's a lot of it is liability. And you'll notice that jobs with higher liability get priced higher. Right. And sometimes it's a person themselves that triggers the liability. Sure. You know, sure. there are certain people who will sue you over anything. Yep. And if you're in like, say, California, like where I am, I don't know a single contractor that's been sued that has ever won. Hmm. And it's almost everyone I know, including me, who's been sued. Wow. And we all lose. Yeah. And it's basically the, the judgment comes down to the cust- the way California at least looks at it. It's like the customer's always right. They paid some money. They're not happy. You have to give them a refund. Okay. Can you imagine giving a customer an $80,000 refund mm. after you put in materials, <clears throat> different subs and labor, and you may be making only 15, 20 G's off the top of that. Mm-hmm. And now you have to refund 80 G's. Damn. That happens all the time out here. Yeah. And certain yeah. people make a business yeah. of it. Yeah. So, you know, it's like you want to start a company and that's all good, but you want to trust those instincts too. Right. That's right. Yeah. And, and even if you don't get sued in, in certain situations, it's sometimes it's just, yeah, you've got to look at <clears throat> the, the hassle or the, the time spent versus what you get out of the job. You know, sometimes it's like, well, maybe I get the client if I do this work right. But in some cases you're like, I, I don't know if I want to work for that person. I, you know, it, it can be tricky. Not everybody's pleasant. Not everybody's um, flexible. Uh, some people are more nat- common situation is the uh, the endless punch list, the punch list that wants to make you kill yourself. Right, right. You know, a lot more people face that on a regular basis than the oh, I'm going to get sued. Right. But customers will go into a contract with you knowing there's nothing you could do that will make them happy. Okay. And then they're going to just, they're going to make you redo the job over and over and over again until you haven't made any money. And then will they pay at the end? Right. Some of them won't. Yeah. And there's not a lot of recourse for us. Wow. Yeah. I've heard of things like that happening in the DC area for sure. What are there things that can be done in your mind from the contractor's perspective up front to... I know you contract, so are there ways... Scary fucking contracts, man. You want your contract to be this fucking thick and you want it to make it look like if they step out of line, you're going to sue them. Okay. I mean, that's all you could do. You want the, you're the contractor presenting the contract. And at the end of the day, that's what the state wants too. They want you to see a really lock solid contract that it says exact, like any problem that you could ever face, this is how it's getting dealt with all the way up to, you know, uh, I have a clause for third party arbitration so that you could never take me into court. You just have to take me into third party arbitration and we have to let that third party arbitrator 
decide how to settle this matter. Interesting, huh? I like that. Dude, right? but it comes through, it comes through going through it, right? And, and you, you have to, it's like you don't know that's going to happen until it happens. And then, um, then you've got to figure those things out. I've got a friend who runs a, um, a moving company in, in New York City, a small uh, apartment size type moving company. And he said that he's put together the biggest contract in the past year just based off of things going sideways. Um, and every time something goes sideways, he's like, okay goes in the contract didn't see that coming didn't know it was coming yep yeah and and that's usually how it goes it's like all right let take a big loss on a job right and then that changes your contracts forever after that right exactly <laughs> that's right that's right man yeah it's true yeah we've been thinking about that too spending some of this downtime thinking about what are the what are the ways that we can lead through our communication to even from our from our clients perspective too just to help them understand what what to expect managing expectations you know uh here's how we do what we do and and uh here are the here are those things up front ideally so are you using field posts since you had that field post interview yeah we have been but i think that of all of the things that we use it's probably going to get the axe um okay we started with so the idea was like i wanted to be able to manage what we do in, in one spot with an app that integrates with our QuickBooks account, um, you know, has a calendar, has a way to communicate with clients directly. Um, but then, you know, playing with Google, Google offers everything. It just offers everything. So it's like- Everybody already has a Gmail. Dude, it's, it's like your, your calendar synced up. It's, you know, it's a really, I like the Google platform for a lot of things. And then, with QuickBooks, QuickBooks does estimating and invoicing, which we were going to use Field Pulse for. Um, Field Pulse offers a voice over IP that we that we got lined up, but we're we're going to start looking into phone options to see if we can't keep our same phone number. And if that's the case, we may, yeah, we may chop Field Pulse. We'll see. It's not uh, it's not super pricey, but it's uh, it's redundant in some ways. So, yeah. Yeah, I personally didn't like the estimating through QuickBooks only because then QuickBooks knows what you're supposed to be pulling in. Interesting. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah dude. We think. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I ended up deciding to go with a third-party estimating software. It's another app. It's called Joist. And I really liked it. I've used it forever. And just last year, they they started charging for it. It's been free forever. And so I should probably in the long haul, I should have known this was their game. Yeah. But it's been free forever. And now it's a lot like Field Pulse where, like, if you want your company logo to stay up in the header, you have to be a member. Or if you, you know, like, they'll let you do a certain amount of things still for free but they've chopped like you can't have any saved contacts if you don't pay for it. So I think it's something like a hundred bucks a year. I am paying for it because it's got my last five years of estimates already logged into its cloud. Yeah. So I'm exactly. screwed there. I yeah. have to. Yeah, I, years good. I can manually just take my banking and put it into QuickBooks. And so that way it knows you know, what's entering the checking account and where I'm putting it rather than, oh, I estimated this, I invoiced it. And now QuickBooks is saying, hey, did you get that money yet? Did you get that money yet? And you're going, 
yeah, but it was cash. Do I want to tell you I got that money in? <laughs> That's right. Sorry, QuickBooks. Cancel, cancel, cancel. QuickBooks. Cancel. Yeah. cancel. That estimate right. doesn't exist. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it's um, it's cool. There's a lot of different ways to go about it, and with our with our um, like our business is a service based um, kind of platform. We want to we want to be mostly like service work. We're trying not to do big pro like it, it was it was actually really good to have like a two month two and a half month period before this whole covid shutdown thing because we we hustled for like two and a half months or so and then we got to stop and we got to say well what worked and what didn't what did we like what did we not like uh what's the That's model right. what's the model and and we wanted to go into the business with a service model you know we feel like the the model's got to be high margins um you're in, you're out. Not a lot of time to get like the more time you spend in a project, the more it's like that, that gray area of where did the money go type shit. And, uh, if you can do you oh, quick yeah. turn around high margin paycheck or check that day, check that day. That's what we want. And, and so in, we also like, you had some, uh, I was just uh, totally agreeing with you. That's uh, that's a good way to do it, man. I feel like, Every time that I, I stray from that model, and it's a little different for me being in, in uh, general contracting, not electrical, but I have a sweet spot of, you know, like two-week, three-week projects where I can make a ton of money on that scale of a project, yeah. but then the bigger it is, the more help I need, yeah. the more you're trying to be like, huh, didn't yeah. really make money off that phase. Huh, didn't make money on that phase. Okay, how much money did I make over the last two weeks? Huh. Yeah. Could have made more if I had just stuck to my other smaller yeah. jobs. <laughs> it's true. You see, you see. Um, so when when Josh, my partner, and I started this company, that's what we talked about, and that's what we were like. That's our. That's the model. That's the goal. It's hard though because you have to build a book, right? Like if you're doing service based work, you got to build that book. You got to have a clientele. And if you if you partner with a contractor, you don't have to build that book yet because the contractor is going to throw you work, and right. or, or GC is going to throw. So it's like. Um, it's, it's a weird in between or a weird, it's hard to start it, but you're right. Like you, if you're not set up for something, don't take it. Like it's, 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 um, I, I want to do commercial work sometimes. Like somebody will throw, like be like, hey, I got a commercial job. And it's like, I'm not set up for it. I'm, you know, it's like, I could, I know how to do it. I could totally get done, but I'm not, it'll, I'd have to buy these tools. I'd have to like, I'm going to lose money. And, uh, yeah, 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 there's totally a sweet spot. And I mean, every once in a while you'll say, fuck it. And you'll throw one of the, like I did when I got this office, you'll say, ah, fuck it. Yeah. If you want it for, you know, hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. Right. Dr. Evil impression. Yeah. You know? And then they're like done. And you're like, Oh fuck. Yeah. I guess I have to go do that now. I guess I got to go do that. But then it's like, you'll have, you'll be like, fuck it. I'll buy the tools I need. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I mean, it, sometimes it works out. We've had a couple recently where we like, we took a bigger job on and, uh, and we hustled and we got it done in, in, in a good amount of time. Um, but it's, it's always a gamble. Um, whatever. It's fun. You know? So I haven't seen a lot of, uh, a lot, you know, when I first found your page, you were doing a lot of these skits. Mm -hmm. Where did, yeah. where, where are the skits? Okay. So it's a great question. Uh, so, so 
the modern electrician has taken a backseat to life uh, as of late. I got like, started the business in January. So you probably started to see a serious decline in humorous sketches on modern electrician. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, okay, fair. The, the intention was completely the intention was completely to continue to make fun of what it's like to start a business. Um, but I did not factor in what it was like to start a business because it would took every second of the goddamn day. Um, yeah. So I just didn't have a whole lot of time to do that. And uh, I was also building the uh, our company, Lumen Brothers, our social media platform there. So that was a little extra time there. And then this thing happened. And then... Uh, here we are. So well, I look forward to them coming back because I thought they were hilarious. They're coming back. They're totally coming back. Yeah. There was a day there when I first discovered your page where I binged on like all of them, awesome, watched man. everything you had, and then and then uh, I've been wait I've been waiting for more. They're coming. Much. I got. They're coming. It's uh, and I was hoping I could do more while I'm uh home on this thing, but uh, it, you know, with the family home, I'm I'm actually I've been taking advantage of the fact that I I typically don't get to see my family. I mean, I'm constantly going um so it's been kind of nice to see my three-year-old and my wife and uh yeah dude i'm in the same boat i mean i've, I've been home a lot lately even though I, I have mostly been working through all this um just uh the extra time you know i'm not going out in the evenings and estimating right now there's nothing nothing to fucking estimate right so um i've just been home a lot more even even after an eight-hour workday yeah. I'm like, Oh shit. I could just chill now. Cool. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, it, it really has been nice being able to, to enjoy the family and we've been going on walks a lot since yeah. all of this, the walking around the neighborhood and, um, the, the family's a little bit stir crazy. Like my wife, um, she does the homeschool thing and she, uh, she doesn't have a job. So she's a little bit stir crazy. Like she's like, I want this all to stop so I can like, take the kids to the grocery store and go to the park and yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. It's a crazy scenario. It's, um, the great pause as they're calling it. It's like, it's such a weird, we're so, we're so tuned and geared up to just keep going in this, in this damn country. We're like in the world. I mean, we're, we're flying, you know, every day it's like productivity, productivity. And, um, then everything just stops. And I feel like it's hard to know what to do. It's a really good time for for guys to look at, at you know, their own productivity. If if you ever had an inkling of a desire to to start something cool, now's the time. Now's your opportunity. Now's the time. That's right, man. Don't waste the time. Even if all it means is starting a new Instagram account right. and trying to develop content for it, like you could do that from your couch at home. Yep. You know, and so it's like, there's a lot of things you can do that are free. That's right. And, you know, you could be, you could be reading, you could be taking, uh, listening to audiobooks. I've been listening to a ton, man. Cool. What are you listening uh, to right now? Uh, lately I've just mostly been listening to podcasts that I hear about this coronavirus thing. I'm all up in all the conspiracies, dude. (laughs) Which ones are real and which ones are, are I'm a conspiracy junkie. What's the, what are you hearing about it? (sighs) Oh man. You know, I, I don't know if there's stock in any of these, but I'm just, I'm just trying to hear what, what there is to hear. And you know, it's like, I keep hearing the 5g thing. Like 5G's like 
fucking with people's blood cells or or something like that. And I don't think I don't think that makes any sense, but I don't know much about it. Yeah, right. That's what uh, I hear I hear something about Bill Gates trying to make some kind of crazy vaccine that you can't go back to work unless you get vaccinated and that everybody has to have a, a fucking a certificate to go into the workforce proving your vaccination level. Dang. That seems crazy. That seems crazy. Um, what other ones have I heard? Have you, have something, you heard something about, about Tom Hanks eating babies? Hell yeah. Tom Hanks totally eats babies. That's yeah. why Tom Hanks, what makes Tom Hanks Tom Hanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> Baby eating son of a bitch. Uh, have you heard the conspiracy theory about the coronavirus being a man-made virus? Yeah, yeah. I definitely heard that too. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I, I think Bill Gates' name comes into that conversation again. Is that right? I think so. I think, yeah, the people saying that said that, he, you know, it's his his lab or his town. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> conspiracy theories are fun to get into. I haven't really delved too far into the Corona ones yet. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm all, I just like, I don't know why I like a conspiracy theory, but um, they're, they're so much fun. It's like listening to a scary story. It's like, I don't know why I like this, but I really like this. I'm the same way, man. Yeah. It's like, even if I think it's crazy, I'll still totally like listen yeah. to the whole thing. Totally. Yeah, Cause it's fascinating. It's like, it's like when I, it's the same thing as a scary story. Like when I listen to a ghost story, I've never seen a ghost. I don't know that I believe in that sort of thing. Cause that would, what does that mean? If a ghost is a thing, what's that mean? It means that is that, could that happen to me? What the hell does that mean? But the same thing with conspiracies where I don't necessarily believe them, but man, don't get me started. I'm in, I'm, I want to hear it. So last year, um, I live up in Northern California near Sacramento and my parents live down South down near Santa Cruz. So it's like a a three hour drive to get to where my parents live. And it's like on the beach, right? Nice. My mom lives up in the mountains in this very odd little mountain town above the coast. Um, Maybe only a couple thousand people live in this town. And there's some buildings out there that are really old. All right. So I've always told my wife that I'd like to stay in a haunted hotel, but she says, no way. She's not about it. I've never had a ghost experience, but I'm like, I would love to have one. Yeah. I'm open to it. Right. But there's just nothing like that has ever crossed my path. Right. So one day, me and my buddy John, he's who used to work with me as of the last four years. Um, He's now a union carpenter out in San Francisco. Me and John go down to my mom's house to do a little side project for my mom. She needed like a a dedicated circuit, ran out. Uh, She needed an RV hookup put out in in her land for a new RV she was getting. And... uh, we came out and did the work for her and she was like, yeah, you know, she's got like a tiny little house and I didn't want to crash on our floor. So I was like, I'm just going to get a hotel. And we were out to dinner. I hadn't booked a hotel yet. And I'm like, do you guys have any haunted hotels out here? And she's like, Oh my God, we do. I'm like, Oh fuck. Yes, this is it. It's happening. Yeah. Got the number to the haunted hotel and I called the receptionist and I said, listen, I want the, 
do you have a specific room that's haunted? I want the hauntedest room you got. I want the hauntedest room. She's like, this is the janitor's closet. It's haunted. Well, no, they said, so they're like, this is the room. They're like, there's two rooms specific. There's like, one has more activity than the other, but they're like, it's, uh, it, it hasn't been cleaned yet and we're understaffed and we won't have time to clean it before you get here. So they're like, but we can get you the second most hauntedest room which is the one below it. Okay. It's just haunted that seep through the floors. Yeah. I think the story was that, um, a girl had drowned in the hotel pool. Okay. And so she was the one haunting. I like you would, I, they said that you would hear a little girl's voice or you'd hear girl, a little girl laughing down the hallway. Um, you hear tapping on the glass. Yeah. No, things like that. Nope. To all of it. I mean, it sounds well, great. He scared me. It was, yeah, it might scare me. I don't know. I don't think it would. If you heard like um, a little girl laugh in your room in the middle of the night while it's dark, and you heard like, <laughs> you're not, you're not going to piss you. I'll piss my, I'd probably piss my pants, dude. Which, which is crazy. Which is crazy because I have a little girl that lives in my house, and when she's in my room at 3 a.m., I'm furious. I'm like, get out, get out. But if there's a disembodied child's voice, Terrible. I don't know, man. We were super into it, and we stayed up, and we we couldn't get a Ouija board fast enough, so we ended up trying to make <laughs> it on paper, and we tried to do a seance to bring the Ouija board, to bring the spirit to the room. Yeah. Nothing happened, bro. It was bullshit. Ah, so sad. Uh, we were drinking that night, and my buddy climbed up the balcony of the room above, the hauntedest room. Oh, yeah. Because... All all night, the, the light was on to that room. Huh. And we're like, man, like, we're bummed out we couldn't get that room. Right. And my buddy goes and he peeks in the window on, like, the back end of the, of the balcony. And kind of strange, there was clothes laid out on the bed. Huh. And so I'm like, that's weird. It doesn't really quite match their story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, of um, being understaffed, you know, somebody had checked out and it needed to be clean. There was like clothes laid out on the bed. Hmm. We were almost like maybe because nothing happened, absolutely nothing happened. But we're like, I wonder if they just gave us any old room. Yeah, probably. Yeah, they were probably and like, told us some bullshit story. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah we'll get you in room yeah. two hundred three. Haunted as shit. You're gonna love it. Don't, almost don't as sleep. haunted as the most haunted one. <laughs> <laughs> don't go to sleep, motherfucker. Not tonight. My wife and I, on our honeymoon, we went down to Savannah, Georgia. And Savannah's just an old town. It's a cool, a cool, cool town. And uh, we end up at this place. Uh, we stayed at the – there's a beach nearby. We stayed there for like half a week, and then we came into town. First place we stay, we check in. And they start talking to us about how this is a – house has been featured uh, in like this uh, series of like haunted hotels. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. You know, I kind of – get the idea that we're going to be staying in a haunted hotel. So we go in our room and I'm like putting my stuff down and Sarah is, uh, she's like, Oh my God, look at this. And by the bed, there's a little notebook and people have written in the notebook, like their experiences in the room. And it was like bed started shaking in the middle of the night, felt somebody sit on the bed next to me, like uh, bathroom door shut, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, fucking, dude, I just wanted to, go to sleep at night. I didn't, I, I didn't know we were getting into all this. And then we, we watched the YouTube episode of like ghost hunters or whatever it was where they went to this specific place and they, you know, they dramatized the whole thing. So I'm newly married. 
and my wife doesn't know that I'm actually kind of terrified about ghosts. And <laughs> <laughs> so I'm trying to play it cool, but she goes to sleep and now I have to try to go to sleep, but I'm laying next to the bathroom and the, there's the bathroom doors like right next to me, but inside the bathroom door with the door open, it's just this black abyss and I can't help my imagination get the best of me. So I'm like, I'm gonna just shut that door. Mine won't play tricks on me. So she gets up a couple times to use the bathroom at night. And after she leaves, I like, you know, we'll wake up and shut the, and she, after a while, she's like, why is the door? Why are you shutting this bathroom door? And I had to come clean and be like, cause I don't want to see the dead woman in the bathroom while I'm asleep. That's this yes. common sense. I, <laughs> you're that scared of a gun. I'm like, yeah, I mean, yes. I did. I would, I would, uh, I would try again. I would, uh, yeah. yeah. There's a couple other places in California that are supposed to be haunted and I'm interested, yeah. but my yeah. wife is not. So it has to be like a work trip has I to be something I, where we get, you know, it's like goofy like that. I think so. I think you're right. And I think what I want to do is not so much like a place that's marketed as a haunted place. I want to know, I want to find a person who doesn't market it, but it's just like that. I don't go in that house that I own cause that shit's haunted and then be like, all right, yeah. <laughs> I'm too chicken shit to do it though. I, I don't know if I, I, I think I would, if I could be, if somebody could talk me into it, I'd do it. we found uh, articles on the internet that said, if you make a Ouija board on paper, you can get it to work. Huh. And so that was the idea. We're like, all right, we're going to get this to work. Ouija yeah. board, write the stuff on paper. We had a shot glass. Yeah. And try to move it around the Ouija board. Nothing. Nothing. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Uh, we even went to the, the pool where she drowned, supposedly. Yeah. Were you um, pretty drunk yeah. at that point? You were, like, drunk oh, yeah. at the hotel we pool? <laughs> for a couple hours, for sure. Like, we, we had left, you know, I booked the hotel at a restaurant. We were drinking, right. and then the hotel had a bar. So we were in there drinking more. Yeah, sounds great. It was a good time. It was a neat place. They had a... Um, we were really bummed out because one of the main features of this specific old building... This was a place that like some really famous presidents had come to. I want to say like Marilyn Monroe had visited this place. Yeah. Um, I forget the name, but it's tucked away inside the Santa Cruz mountains and it has a, um, a, a spring that flows through it, through the hotel. So there's this big ballroom and they have a, a river flowing through the ballroom. Oh, no shit. So you'll be in there like dancing, waltzing and some dude on a kayak. Just make well, I don't think, I, you know, it's probably, it's like a brook. I would say it's probably like three or four feet wide and then there might be a pool and it's somewhere. Natural. It's natural, yeah, and they built the building around it. That's cool. And, it, it, you know, but when we went there, it was all under renovation and I was bummed out. I was like, I can't see the brook. That sucks. Not too bad. That's a pretty cool feature in a hotel. Yeah, I'm definitely going to go back. Apparently, they have a Halloween party every year. So, Hell yes. I definitely would like to go to that Halloween party. Sounds awesome. Damn. Yeah, have a bunch of wasted adults in costume. In yeah. a, and then a dead kid. And a dead kid in a, in a ballroom with a river. <laughs> be a good time. That's right. All right, bro. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call it here. I'm going to head down and uh, meet back up with the family, but I really appreciate you talking to me today, man. It was nice to, uh, hey, nice to see you. Anytime, and, and yeah. I appreciate the invite. Yeah, of course. Yeah, man. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, more and more of your art out there. What are what are other ways that um, you're you're pushing your art? Are there is it is there anything outside of this community where where you're starting to send more logos to? Uh, I did my first brewery logo the other day, awesome. which was pretty cool. He he's not actually a brewer yet. He does home brewery, and we traded beer, so that was awesome. Awesome. And um, I did a guy's logo. A yoga logo the other day for him to hand out stickers to his yoga friends. All right. He was a personal friend of mine, so he actually requested it be called titled the Blue Collar Yogi. So that was pretty cool. That's really cool. I like that a lot. And uh, yeah, there, there's definitely different. I'm I'm really interested in getting into the brewery and the cannabis world. Like if I could make labels and art for jars and and beers, yeah. I would be totally into that. I'm sure you can. I'm sure there's a market for that. Yeah, eventually. I think, you know, I'll work towards it. Yeah, cool, man. That's awesome. We'll keep up the so there it is, folks. My conversation with Garrett from Local Non-Union. You can follow Garrett online on Instagram, Local Non-Union. He also has a Local Non-Union art page. If you are looking for an incredibly creative, artistically done logo, look him up. Local Non-Union uh, I believe it's art afterwards. I'm sure you can find it by searching Local Non-Union. There are a couple pages for him there. Um, and check out his podcast. Uh, Garrett has since, I think since the last time we talked, his followership has exploded. So if you haven't gone and listened to his podcast yet, do yourself a favor and check it out. The conversations are awesome. They flow really seamlessly and they're really easy to listen to. So go check him out. Show him some love. Uh, if you like what you're hearing here, tell your friends. Uh, subscribe, like on our YouTube channel. Check out some funny videos over there. And uh, get ready for some more podcasts coming your way. Got a lot more people to talk to um, and a lot more interesting people to kind of get inside their brain meats and, and dissect how they think about, you know, the work that they do. And that's it for me. Till next time.